Welcome to Inside Scoop, a podcast that brings you practical servings of Swami's sweetest teachings. Our guest today is yet another Kiwi, a doctor training in pediatrics in Auckland, the one of the national young adult coordinators, in fact. Welcome, Brother Nathan. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. <laughs> we usually start off these episodes with a segment called Third Speed Samsara, which is a game that we play. Um, today, that is going to be connected to the topic of lies. So um, the game is called Two Truths, One Lie. Uh, how it will work is if you could share three facts about yourself, two that are true and one that is a lie, and then I'll guess which is the lie. So try not to give it away um, in the way that you explain the, the statements. Good? Sure. Okay, great. Okay. Any Alrighty. So, so two truths and one lie. So, I was born in New Zealand. Uh, I have uh, never lived outside of New Zealand. Um, and I have, oh, let's see. I um, started uh, learning um, vocals, uh, so Indian classical vocals in my 20s. So this is hard, given that I don't know anything about you. (laughs) (laughs) I've made it hard. (laughs) Um, And um, I think I'm just going to go with the third one because you spent the most time (laughs) trying to think of the third one. Is the third one a lie? (laughs) I have no other way. No, no, the third one's actually not a lie. Um, (laughs) It was this... (laughs) It, it was the second one. It's, it's kind of even that. It's like as a slight white lie, I suppose. I spent like in my early childhood about six months in Australia um, when I didn't know any different. But yeah, uh, but no. I, so I did. Uh, I did live a little bit of time outside Australia, uh, outside New Zealand. But otherwise, right. you were born in New Zealand. Yes, that's okay. right. Great. All right. So I can't tell when people are lying clearly. Um, <laughs> well, maybe I'm too good at it. Hopefully not. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing, but yeah. <laughs> so today's topic is all about lies, whether it's acceptable and what circumstance, etc. In the spirit of honesty, let's first acknowledge that we have all lied at some point in our lives for various Sorry. reasons. Yeah. So could you tell yeah. us what are the categories of some of the lies that we tell? If you had to categorize categories of lies, so I mean, I in my mind, I would think of it as the things that are completely untrue, and we kind of fabricate a truth essentially to cover, uh, fabricate a a reality to cover up um, the actual truth. Uh, so that's one type of lie, something that's completely different. Uh, another could be said to be hiding the truth. So um, so the truth is one thing and you kind of hold back certain details to create another kind of image in another person's mind, right. uh, which is not the absolute truth, um, but you kind of, uh, and, and, and that's how you do it essentially, rather than fabricating a new reality you kind of hold back things to make something else in my mind that's those are the main things but the the overarching thing is to re to 
to misrepresent what is the absolute truth that you Correct. like. Yeah. And then within that, I suppose there are so different degrees of um, severity in either with yeah. or fabricating your reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And that kind of depends on how much of an impact it has. Right. Okay, great. So, and I suppose within those categories, those lies could be directed to others or to ourselves, right? Yeah, or to ourselves. That's right. Yeah. And one could argue essentially like, which is the more harmful? And I suppose if you're lying to yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, that creates a false reality for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then that can then spur you on to create false realities for others. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a spiral when it's directed to ourselves. For example, when I convince, like, for example, when I convince myself the weighing scale is broken every time I try to weigh, (laughs) that is a lie. That's a very useful lie, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway, let's dive deeper into... I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dive deeper into what you think motivates us um, to tell these various categories of lies. What do you think? Yeah. What motivates us to tell lies? So um, it's interesting because one of the things that's kind of stuck in my mind in uh, pediatric training is that uh, there's one part of child development in which children start to tell lies. And the reason for that is actually they're developing a concept that their own um, actions and words can affect someone else's emotions. For example, say if a three-year-old brother hits the two-year-old sister um, and and mum asks if if that's what he did, he'll say no. um, Because he knows that if mum knows that he hit sister, then mum will start getting angry. And so I wonder if the crux of lies is because there's something that we don't like in reality that we're worried that someone else won't like that makes sense um and we want that to not be conveyed Mm -hmm. uh in fear of what they might think of us what they might think of the reality how they might react to the situation and we want them to react the same way a lot of the things we do in life are all about wants and desires isn't it um and so we want something to happen in front of us and therefore we might withhold truth or create another reality uh to get that particular reaction right or opinion right that's very very interesting and helpful and at what age do you think that that development begins to happen take place in a child would you have an age can it i forgot that specific <laughs> bit of information that took come off my exam um i think it's about from about three years of age around right. that time um right. yeah because before that you kind of start getting autonomy so the child realizes that, that i am me and you are you and that's around two years of age and then after that they're like oh actually my words affect this person yeah. right so what we're essentially saying is that it stems for when we can understand perhaps the repercussions of our actions and yeah and also the desire to want to be liked or to be regarded a certain way even with the child is the desire to not get mama angry right that that's the yeah. desire and yeah that's, that's exactly it right 
I, I suppose that stems from a lot of our expectations. We start lying when we are unable to satisfy the expect expectations that that's either been set by society or for ourselves. And I I feel like we live in in a world that you know perpetuates this need to be perfect all the time. That lying can sometimes be easier because mm. um it's so it's not normal to be imperfect, right? So I suppose if we yeah. live in a world where that normalizing empathy and less judgment um less you know less filters on social media um it would be <laughs> just be honest about everything in life yeah so i guess yeah. bias and fear is the root we're saying is that right yeah and that's kind of the unfortunate part as well because you you mentioned kind of the uh expectations that we create for ourselves as well as what society creates and sometimes those aren't the truth either um you don't have to be you know slim and fair to be perfect to look good um and it's kind of sad how that sometimes happens uh and part of that is within ourselves and part of that is the messaging that comes out around uh, around us and how much we kind of subscribe to the to that messaging yeah right. Okay, awesome. So having set the context of why we lie, do you think that there are circumstances when it is acceptable to lie? And let me just uh clarify, acceptable here meaning acceptable from Swami's point of view or our conscience point of view. And I think um we can agree that lying for personal gain like cheating or evading taxes, that's bad. No, no, like completely. Bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So let's explore yeah. Yeah. the grayer categories of lying. So for example, right. um is exaggerating on your CV or your LinkedIn acceptable? Spicy topic in it. Right. Okay. So um yeah, so when is lying acceptable? Um I personally uh haven't lied on my CV, but you have to figure out if that's a lie or not. <laughs> We're still playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh it's in my mind I feel like it's how much of an impact is this lie going to have? What impact is it going to have? Is it going to help someone? Is it going to hurt someone? And uh and even when that's relating to ourselves, for example, the uh CV scenario that's actually an important thing to think about because you might put out there that you've been a CEO of a startup firm in which you were actually the managing uh you were actually a manager of a small team that was right at the bottom and you had to answer to 15,000 other people and that might make your CV look better and make you more employable to a to a um to a larger company for example where you want to take your next step however There are a few issues there because it may put you in a difficult situation in which you're put into a role and selected for a role which you don't have the appropriate skills, make you feel worse about yourself, lower your own confidence and therefore lower your own career progression in that way. At the same time, then the company doesn't get what it needs from the person that they're employing. Uh and so you're actually hurting the employer as well as yourself. And so that's something that I would in that situation think 10 times about. How how big is this lie? Does it have a, a a possibility of getting bigger and is there a possibility of 
getting people into trouble, including yourself? Yeah. Is it for the greater good? Yeah, really agree. And I think you, I mean, imposter syndrome is already so real without us lying. About oh, God, yes. capable of, can you imagine when we're lying about like our abilities? That makes it, I mean, I'm sure the syndrome just gets heightened then, like every day, be like, oh, Absolutely. I'm confident. Um, okay, that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, and so the next category are white lies, like saying, you know, I didn't finish that last piece of cake in the fridge, even though you finished the last piece of cake in the fridge. Mm. Do you think those are harmless? Uh, again, it depends on the situation. Okay. Um, I feel, yeah. And again, the same framework probably applies here. So who is it going to impact? How is it going to impact? How much is it going to impact? Right. Um, <clears throat> Is it going to help someone? And so that's kind of the um, the kind of spicy kind of part of this is that I believe that sometimes it is okay to tell lies um, if it's going to help someone and not hurt someone. Um, and uh, and even white lies in which you're kind of covering up the truth uh, is uh, can play a a decent role in there. Um, the cake in the fridge, oh, I think you'd hurt a lot of people with that, eh? Mm, mm. I would get hurt. <laughs> it is very frustrating when you think there is one piece of cake left in the fridge and you're fantasizing about it the whole day and then someone else eats it and then pretends yeah, like that's true. That's a lot very of harm, true. I would say. That's a lot of harm. Yeah. But then there's another way to think about that, actually. Um, and that is what effect is the truth going to have? So uh, Swami's talked about uh, speaking uh, the truth. He's also talked about speaking the palatable truth. Um, and so if I hear that the last piece of cake uh, is gone and I'm going to be absolutely devastated and like sit and cry for three days, you might not want to tell me that and be like, oh, I'm not sure where the last piece of cake gone oh that's unfortunate maybe it's still here somewhere no it's actually not i don't know what's happened sorry compared to if you told me that you'd eaten it and i'll be like i've hold on been dead against you forever um so it's kind of you see what i mean like how much of an impact is that right. going to have and i suppose uh knowing the situation and knowing the possibilities and knowing the people around the situation uh, is quite important okay. and so in that sense, and to be able to nuance whether to tell a lie, a lie or not is uh, takes a lot of thought. Mm. Sometimes it's just easier to tell the truth. Yeah. Next category is lying to refrain from hurting someone. For example, when there is a request for constructive feedback, like, um, okay, so this can vary. For example, if you have a friend who's going to marry someone and they ask you for your opinion on, do you think this is the right person? Or it could be something smaller, like um, your wife just asking you how she looks um, in a certain attire. Um, so, how, 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 when is it acceptable to lie in these situations? Ah, that's an interesting question. So, um, the you mentioned constructive feedback, and that's something that I have kind of personal experience with because in, in medicine. Um, 
it's almost like an apprenticeship model. So we go in as a junior, work with seniors and get constant feedback um, and, uh, and continuously grow in that way. And there are some situations uh, in which uh, people are too nice and they're like, oh yeah, everything's great, everything's great. And then there are some people who are quite meticulous and kind of pick apart everything you do. And I've experienced both sides. Um, and uh, the ones that, uh, the situations in which I feel good, uh, the situations in which I'm told that everything's good, yeah, I feel good for maybe a few months. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this person keeps telling me this. Mm. Is there anything that I need to work on? Like there has to be something I would work on, otherwise I'd be the best doctor in the world. Um, at the same time, when I'm given constant uh, feedback in which I need to improve things, I'm very much like, oh my God, I'm terrible. Like, should I even be doing this? And that's definitely something that I've thought before and it can really destroy the confidence. Uh, and so it's all about getting that kind of balance. It's not lying though, necessarily. Uh, and it is best to be honest in those situations because you're going to have a positive impact on someone um, kind of in the mid to long term mm. and sometimes that it might cause a little bit of achy pain initially mm. um, but in the long term everyone's better off for it. it's almost in, in the greater good to give uh, constructive feedback in that way. Yeah. So when you're saying is when there's a learning opportunity um, and obviously that depends on the proximity of the relationship and the nature yeah. of the relationship yeah. and it's okay to give constructive feedback and not even if it might hurt that person for a, a little bit so there's another thing there and that's how you package the truth yeah um so I, putting a, i'm gonna get to that like in, in a little bit so like okay we'll hold yeah, off on that so yeah i have a specific question in relation to that um but yeah okay. so is that what you would say generally when it comes to constructive feedback I'd probably go a step further and say it's almost a responsibility if you have something that's right. going to help someone you should say it and it right. might cause a bit of pain but right it's for right. the best yeah right. okay that's very helpful um and is lying to protect someone at a workplace okay uh, again depends on the situation um and it depends on what you mean by protect uh so <laughs> Sorry, I keep saying this. Um, <laughs> it's all grey. Uh, so what is in my mind, I feel like, is if you're protecting someone from a situation that you perceive is negative and it does help them, then that's great. But if then it, if it shields them from constructive feedback, then that's another issue. If there's a situation, if there's a potential potential for growth and your lie helps them feel good in the short term, mm. but then prevents their growth by hearing some constructive feedback, mm. then that's an issue. Right. If there's a way, actually, I had a uh, situation just last week, actually, in which uh, uh, one of my peers uh, I was working with and uh, some of my other colleagues were kind of not happy with how things were uh, with that person's performance and I could have just not said anything and just said oh you know what things are great um, or I could have told the truth to the bosses who would then be a bit harder on him what I decided to do is actually sit him down and be like you know what you're up here this is what's going on people are not happy for this reason and maybe you can improve in these ways 
I felt the responsibility because I was friend and I saw the uh, opportunities for development and I felt that I could package it in a way uh, which would be received uh, well and in the most constructive way. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, and so that's kind of the balance between telling the truth, telling the truth in certain places and mm, telling lies or not telling lies. Right. And what about silence? When do you think, like, for example, when you think you know the truth, um, is it okay to just stay silent instead? To protect or for whatever reason? Yeah, so, so again, Stanley's talked about the palatable truth and what he said is that if, if that truth is going to help, then speak it. And if it's not going to help, then just stay silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's definitely something to consider. If it's go- if the truth is going to be harmful, then maybe one should uh, stay silent. The other situation that I would uh, think about is if I'm not fully sure that that truth is actually the truth and it's going to be potentially high impacting uh then i would hold off uh for example if say someone has whispered in your ear oh my goodness that person stole something Mm. uh and i'm like oh that's not right maybe i should tell someone Mm. but at the same time i'm not fully sure if that person actually did it yeah. then I would stay silent there. I'd kind of just keep it in my mouth. Let the necessary investigations happen. If it gets to the necessary people's ears, that's great. If not, then uh, then uh, I suppose that's what Swami wills. Um, but uh, but it's, I think it's important to not cause harm by saying a potential truth. Right. Instead, go and investigate it further. That is very helpful. And in fact, align with what Swami says, you know, he says when you aren't able to utter the truth, you can desist from speaking and keep silent. And he actually illustrates this um, with a very clear story that I'm just going to share for the benefit of the listeners. He says once a sage um, who is um, doing some penance um, in his quest for self-realization. And then Lord Shiva, being Lord Shiva, decides, oh, I'm bored, let me test this sage, <laughs> right? So Classic Lord Shiva. Classic so he comes in guise of a hunter and uh, who's chasing a deer. And the deer passes through the place where this sage was seated and doing his penance. And so a while later, the hunter, a.k.a. Lord Shiva, approaches the sage and asks him, Oh, have you seen a deer pass in this direction? And the sage was obviously in this moral dilemma. If I speak the truth, the deer is going to be slaughtered. If I don't speak the truth, uh, I'm infringing my code of conduct. So he just prays to Lord Shiva and says, you know, what should I do? And then obviously Lord Shiva appears in, um, you know, he reappears in his form. And he says, um, Swami reiterates that you should not utter untruth simply to escape a situation. If there is a difficulty, just be silent. Um, so in this case, he was right not to reveal that the deer had passed because the deer would then have been slaughtered. I thought that was interesting because it aligned with what you said about being silent when it can have a very devastating um, impact. But obviously, you have to look at all the other factors in the situation as well. Yeah. I wonder if the, the flip side of that story is 
what would have happened if the um, if the Thamid directed the hunter in the opposite direction and told a lie in that situation? It would probably yeah probably would have led them away from the deer, but possibly actually led them towards other targets mm. and maybe even caused more harm than good. Correct. And again, again, the the conflict here was he didn't want to lie. So if he had said that the deer was in the uh, went the other direction, that would be a latent lie. Like it's not true. So he chose to say silent and then Lord Shiva mm-hmm. and solved all his problems. But yeah. So basically, across the categories that we've discussed, I'm hearing that is it's essentially a balancing exercise, is what you're saying. And um, the mm. very factors include the utility of what you're saying um the mm. ma- the repercussions the proximity of the relationship how much harm you're going to cause whether there's opportunity mm. for growth these are the kinds of factors we're looking at and again yeah. very much aligned with what swami is saying he says before you speak make sure there are three filters like is it true objectively is what you're saying true and then is it kind so that goes to the intention of what you're saying whether you're really trying to help someone or you just want to take a dig at this person or project your insecurities <laughs> or whatever mm. or and then three is it necessary is it really going to help somebody so yeah. i think what you've shared despite how great it is has been really helpful brother um next question i'm not going to lie Um, there are people who use this principle of truth of Swami um, to be blatantly frank um, and blunt. Um, and to me, in a way that it just doesn't sit right. Like Swami wouldn't want us to use honesty as a means to hurt someone, right? For example, mm. here comments on people's appearances or life choices that are unsolicited. So is... there's such a way in a the like is there a way we should be speaking the truth and i think you were going to talk about this earlier yeah yeah that's true um so uh the uh, the when you were um t- uh, giving that question just now the first thing that popped into my mind was the one thing that should underpin absolutely everything that we do really and that's love uh so are we able to say something lovingly um and uh and if we're not able to say it lovingly then why are we actually saying it what's the intention behind it um and so that's the second thing that i was thinking of actually love and intention um why are we wanting to say uh what we're doing why are we wanting to comment on this person's appearance is it just to kind of gloat and say that i'm i look better than you or i actually like do you actually care about that person improving their appearance which you probably wouldn't kind of blatantly say you're out of everywhere that you look however um you would probably say like oh maybe you could change this and maybe even just help them out um the uh i mean in the workplace uh the the compliment sandwich is used um and which uh, you say something good something constructive and something else good which you kind of uplift that person by giving positive feedback and that's really uh that's really important if the intention behind what you're saying is to actually improve someone which it should be um so i think it comes down to uh to what you said earlier and which 
if it's going to be of use to uh, if it's going to be of use to someone if it's going to be helping someone then that's good if it's going to harm then shouldn't say it very nice brother um and it brings me to another question why do you think then is lying if it's so gray why is it so frowned upon by swami what 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 are the consequences of being you know excessively or um continuously mm. untruthful yeah mm. so i think the issue there is that like we've talked a lot until now about how nuanced it is and how it requires actually a lot of thought and consideration into why you're saying it and how you're saying it what kind of impact it's going to have uh it can be easy i suppose with the monkey mind that we all have sometimes which is hard to tame it can be easy sometimes to fall into a pattern of using lies to fuel our own ego uh which then takes us further away from uh from our ultimate goal realizing one's own divinity um and so when in reality what we've talked about is you can use it to help you can use it to help yourself others um and that's in essence the big kind of danger here and i think swami would really like if we were to do anything to not want us to do that uh and so i would say that that's probably why he was frowning upon it just to make sure that we don't fall into that dangerous trap because there's so many ways to fuel your ego this world is surrounded by like the world is filled with so many things and illusions in which we can indulge in um and that is um and we don't need this other thing essentially right so it's taking us away from our true selves and it's just mm. because of the level of intention and consciousness you need to to do this balancing exercise of whether to lie or not to lie it's just easier to tell the truth mm. yeah I guess the other thing that I can think of is like diminished credibility right because you know I have a friend that and this can be even in a positive way a friend that compliments excessively and and says <laughs> yeah. says the same thing to everyone that to me it can <laughs> like oh you're the bestest person in the whole world like how can every person be the bestest person <laughs> in the whole world like carries very little weight even though what she's saying is such a nice thing you know so that credibility mm. is so important right and because yeah, of me, i just i just think of the example of Jacinta Ardern you know i mm-hmm. think the reason why um they found that the reason why um new zealand handled the pandemic she handled the pandemic so well was because um people just trust her leadership um so much mm. when she implemented really stringent laws and tough um you know tough rules people were ready to comply even though it, they were really harsh because they trusted her and she had built the trust so i think credibility is another reason why we shouldn't probably lie often um do you think brother yeah um that's that's true um because when you do i mean like the whole boy who cried wolf kind of scenario hey so the more you lie the less someone will trust 
the next truth you say um and when you really want to help someone um then that your words can be a blunt instrument in the end um and you don't want that to happen yeah fantastic and so finally for someone who does struggle with lying to themselves or lying to others just um has gotten into this habit of lying for whatever reasons whether it's fear or an inability to um fulfill expectations how do we overcome down um, this habit of lying any practical tips mm so i think the first thing is that so we've mentioned fear and um and uh and lies being a way of basically making people think a certain way about you and what you're saying and so it's supposed to first thing is to try and develop one's self confidence uh easier said than done realistically um but that's going to be the core uh core of it the next thing is we've talked about uh the values underpinning everything that we say whether it's truth or lie um and so the next thing would be to figure out what kind of person you want to be do you want to be a kind loving person do you want to be uh someone who is calm and i suppose a useful thing that i've found for myself in terms of uh, throughout my career and all is kind of thinking of a virtual end point well, how do i want to look mm-hmm. 10 years from now um and if it's a person that's and one would hope that it's a person that's well loved and is loving others and is happy to help and confident in every scenario um and then from there keeping that in mind i would say i uh, think about then what we're saying and how it's going to affect others so is it loving is it serving is it helping or is it actually hurting uh, and so from there uh the in reality the the first step to trying to change something is realizing that there is actually something to be changed uh and so first of all being mindful of what it is we're saying how what kind of effect it's having and then uh practicing changing what one is saying to be more truthful and more loving um and uh and perhaps using a uh a kind of check mechanism like you know what would swami say what would mum say if they heard this what would and then if you're that way inclined what would my conscience say um depending on how abstract uh you're willing to accept um uh depending on how what level of abstract thinking you're able to accept in everyday life um that's kind of the approach that i would take so there's a lot of mind work and a lot of reflective work but essentially the i think what we've a illustrated is that if you were to have if you were to change in this way the change needs to be central within yourself and your confidence and your thinking and your cognition so uh so everything really has to be reflective thanks so much brother nitrin for being so honest about being honest with great practical tips dear listeners it's now time for some prasadam pills one why should we speak the truth well it's just easier The nature of lies is such that one lie leads to another. And before you know it, you are buried under a mountain of lies, not knowing who you really are. 2. Before we speak, let's ask ourselves, is this absolutely factually true? Then let's ask, is this truth kind? 
What is my intention behind this statement? Is it to help or is it to hurt and offend? Next, let's ask, even if this truth is kind, is it necessary by virtue of my proximity or responsibility to this person? If the answer to all of the above is no, there is no harm staying silent. Three, how we speak the truth is key. Truth need not be spoken like a sharp electric fence or disguised in sarcastic humor, but instead, it should be spoken like a warm cup of hot chocolate or a loving hug. Until next Friday, happy scooping!